Well, you guys know this, but words are important. The words that we say to ourselves are important. The words that we say to other people are important. The words that we speak can often be very powerful in our own lives and in the lives of others. They can impact lives of others in a positive way. They can influence or impact lives in a negative way. And so we have to be careful about what it is that we say and who we say it to and even how we say some of those things sometimes, right? For example, there was a man who was living in Chicago during the winter time, and he just decided that he couldn't take it anymore. I mean, he was fed up with the cold and the wind and the snow and having to shovel all the snow, and so he just decided that he was going to leave Chicago, escape the winter, and go down to Florida and just chill there until the winter passed. His wife was away on a business trip, and so he called her and said, hey, this is my plan. I'm going to get a plane ticket. I'm going to Florida, and I'd love for you to just meet me there after your business trip. She says, okay, great. He hangs up the phone. He gets his ticket. He flies down to Florida. He's there. He wants to check in with his wife, let her know that he's there and looking forward to her joining him and all of the above. Of course, he knew that being a business trip, that she had a lot of different activities that she was in and didn't want to call or interrupt, and so he decided to send her an email email the only problem was is that he accidentally typed in her email address incorrectly he put the email address of someone other than his wife and instead of going to her it went to this elderly woman in Iowa she was a pastor's wife and her husband had just died the day before and so this elderly woman who had been a widow for only one day now clicked on this email that should have gone to this other man's wife. And when she read it, she screamed really loud and just fainted right there on the spot. The family members who were around heard what was going on and came running in to see what all of the commotion was about. And when they read the email, they understood why it was that she had fainted. It said, my dearest darling, I just want you to know that I have arrived safely and I'm looking forward to you joining me tomorrow. <laughs> Signed, your loving husband. P.S. It sure is hot down here. <laughs> Words are important. The words that we say to other people can impact them either in a positive way or a negative way. The Apostle James knows this, and he's going to be talking about that in this section of Scripture. Remember, as we've been saying all summer long, as we've been going verse by verse through this series, James is very practical in a lot of things that he is talking about. He's talking about how the faith that we have in Christ and the way that we daily walk in dependence on Christ leads to Action. And in this particular way, he's saying that as we walk by faith, it impacts the words that we say. And if we're not walking by faith in Christ, it can also impact the words and the things that we say, maybe in a negative way. 
And so today, what, as we dive into verses 1 through 4, I just want to say up front that the first thing that J- James is saying is that our tongue, that our words that we speak have the power to direct our lives. Look at what James says, beginning in verse 1. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. James is showing us again that our words, that our tongues have the power to direct our lives. And he even gives us a couple of images to think about of how some small things can move much bigger things in various directions. One of those was the rudder of a ship, and of course the other was a bit in the mouth of a horse. Uh, My wife, Natalie, who's not here today, she's sick, but when she was growing up, she had a horse. His, His name was Blazer, and she loved to ride Blazer. She loved the horse and loved to just be on him and, and, and uh, was outside and interacting with Blazer all the time. As a matter of fact, I don't know um, how old all of you are, but many of you in the early 90s may even remember the TV show Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Anybody remember that show? So Natalie was kind of fascinated with that show, and it was about this woman who was a doctor, and it was in the Old West in the 1800s, and she had ride her horse to go check in on people and help kind of save the day you know in whatever situations or circumstances that people found themselves in and so Natalie decided that she was Dr. Quinn medicine woman and would jump on blazer and there's no telling how many people got saved in her backyard as she was riding that horse off and on so when she does make it back next Sunday be sure to just walk up to her and not call her by her name but say hey what's going on Dr. Quinn medicine woman anyway I want you to picture Natalie being a little girl right I mean four foot five foot nothing 50 to 60 70 pounds at most and I want you to think about her being on this five to six foot tall horse eight foot in length and weighing over a thousand pounds and how she could control the direction of this horse I mean, this little girl had the power to direct this horse wherever it is that she was going to rescue whoever it was that was in need in those moments, all because of this little bit in his mouth. And James is saying that our tongue, our speech, has that kind of power with us. This little three-inch muscle in our mouths can keep our whole body in check. It can influence our entire life, right? The direction that we're going, what it is that we're doing. As a matter of fact, you may even remember that when Jesus faced temptation in the desert, how he handled those situations with words, with his tongue, right? Let's look at it in Matthew chapter 4. 
we're told this the tempter came to him came to jesus and said if you are the son of god tell these stones to become bread Jesus answered. He used his tongue. He used words here. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their, in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Verse seven, Jesus answered him it is also written do not put the lord your god to the test again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor all of this i will give you he said if you will bow down and worship me jesus said to him away from me satan for it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only then the devil left him and angels came and attended him jesus used words of truth to direct his life away from the temptation that he was facing in this moment it was faith working with action as James talked about in chapter 2 jesus's actions were to speak words of truth and as he did so that determined the direction of his life in those moments he moved him in the direction away from the sin and stepping into what he was being tempted with and away from it in the direction that God was having him go because he used his words to call out and declare truths of scripture in the direction that God had for his life in those particular moments. Our words have the power to direct our lives in the same way. The same way that a bit controls a horse or a little rudder controls a huge ship. It may seem like a small thing, but James says they are way more powerful. Our words are way more powerful than you think that they are. I mean, think about this. When have you ever stepped into sin whenever you were declaring Scripture? When have you ever stepped into sin when you were singing hymns or worship songs and truly declaring and thinking about the truth that was found in those lyrics that you were singing? When have you ever stepped into sin when you spoke truth about your identity in Christ, saying things like, I am a child of God. I am no longer a slave to sin in Christ, and I have everything that I need in my union with Him. When have you ever stepped into sin when declaring truths like this. See, what happens in these moments when we declare these truths is that our, our tongue is directing our lives away from the temptation that we're facing. The action that we take with our words works together with our faith. Our words declare our dependence on Christ. And that, when we declare that dependence on him, is when that, that power that dwells in us, from the moment we say yes to Jesus, begins to flow through us, begins to be expressed through us to overcome the influence that we are facing in that moment and to move us in God's direction in those moments. So James says that, man, our words, 
Our words are powerful and they have the power to direct our whole body in the direction that our lives are going at various moments. But as he gets into the next few verses, he shows us that our words also have the power to destroy. They have the power to direct our lives, but they also have the power to destroy our lives and to destroy the lives of others. Look at what he says beginning in verse 5. Likewise, the tongue, again, is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Mm. Most of you know that I spent several years teaching and coaching before God called me into vocational ministry. And uh, there was this one time that I remember this student that I had whose, whose dad would come out to watch him play in some of the matches that we had against other schools. And his dad was one of those guys that would just point out every single negative thing that he saw his son doing. Bend your knees, quit hitting the net. You know, hit more spin on it or move your feet or, you know, why do you keep doing this? Why are you making these mistakes? And even when he finally did something right, he was still negative with his words. It was like, oh, finally, why can't you do that all the time, right? I mean, it's just always something negative. It was never, ever good enough to please his father. And so I remember watching this guy play, this student play in practice, and that was, it was one thing in practice. I mean, it was free, and he was having fun, and I mean, he was a great tennis player and won a lot of matches when we were in practice, and even other, against other teams when his dad wasn't there. But the moment his dad showed up and began to speak negatively and point out all of his fault, he became a completely different player. His dad's words had the power to destroy his son, and they did. And not just in tennis and on the tennis court, but in his life. He never felt like he was good enough, never felt like he measured up. James says that the tongue is a restless evil. It is full of deadly poison. It has the power to destroy I mean, how many of us have been crushed by the words of one of our parents? How many of us have been crushed by the words of a spouse? How many of us have been crushed by the words of a friend or an acquaintance or a boss or a coworker? All of us probably have. We know what it feels like to be destroyed by someone else's words. How many of us have been crushed by the words of a pastor or the words of someone in church whenever they were used to guilt or shame or manipulate us in some way? How many of us have crushed our own kids, crushed our own spouse, crushed a friend of ours or our employees through the words that we have spoken ourselves? Words have the power to destroy. And think about it even from the perspective of what we talked about just a second ago with how words have the power to direct our lives. 
Remember when we, we talked about how Jesus quoted scripture and he, when he declared certain truths about who God was and about who he was in, or his identity being found in him, how it, it impacted his life in a positive way and how those words can impact our own lives in a positive way. But think about that. The opposite is also true in a negative sense. If we're declaring words like, man, I don't have the power to overcome this temptation. This is just part of who I am. This is just part of my sin nature. It's who I am. Uh, nobody loves me. Nobody accepts me. All of these other people have way more worth and gifts and talents than I do. I don't measure up. When we speak words like that, when we have negative self-talk in our own lives, our lives get directed down a path of destruction destroys you you it's the time that you begin to give in to the temptations it's the times where you enter into depression the times that you have thoughts about harming yourself or that you know maybe it'd be better if you weren't even here the words that we even say to ourselves based on the things that we're going through in those moments have the power to destroy our lives but it's not just our own lives, but also the people around us. Because when we're, we're using negative self-talk, it's often when we begin to then take it out on other people. Or then we have to knock other people down a notch or two to try to help prove our own worth because of how much negative self-talk we've directed at ourselves. We begin to point out everything that's wrong with other people. Sometimes we say that to their face or we say it to other people about them. We try to build ourselves up because we've been trying and we've been speaking these lies about ourselves instead of who we are in Christ, which then leaves us in bondage because we can't think those things about ourselves. So we have to take from other people. And the way we take from other people is to rip them and destroy them with our words so that it can feel like it builds us back up. Our words can destroy ourselves, it can destroy people, and as we use our words to destroy other people, it can destroy our reputation, can destroy the trust that we have with other people. Our tongue is a small thing, but it has the power to unleash so much destruction in our own lives and in the lives of the people around us. But, as James alludes to here in this last section, our words also have the power to bring life. Verse 9, he says, With the tongue we, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Okay, so many of you know this, but there are... There's a lot of places around our world who still don't have access to something or things like clean drinking water. I mean, you and I take it for granted. We don't even ever think about those kind of things, but there are villages, there are places in our world that don't even have access to clean drinking water. And as they're drinking this dirty water that's filled with different bacteria and all kinds of other things, it's producing death. 
it's producing sickness and illnesses and sometimes people are even dying from these kinds of things but as these kind of villages get access to clean drinking water then now that water brings life water fresh clean good water brings life it is life-giving and our words can give life too proverbs 10 11 says that the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain our words can bring out the life that jesus gives us and that we have in our union with him they begin to release his life through us to move us down his path, to produce fruit, and to bless other people in our lives. Jesus even told the woman at the well in John 4 that the water that he gives would become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Look at what he says in John 4, 10. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water verse 13 everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water i give them will never thirst indeed the water i give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life jesus of course is the life that he's describing he is the life-giving water and the moment we put our faith and trust in Jesus for salvation he forgives us of our sins and then he puts that living water in us and becomes our source and it begins to flow through us in order to bring life to others and so James says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. And he says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Why should that not be? Because it's no longer who you are. You've been given life in Christ. He's remade you and given you a new heart and given you a new identity. He's put his living water in you so that it would flow out of you in your words and in your speech to produce praise, to produce blessing, to produce words of encouragement and support and life into other people's lives and so when you and i hear words coming out of our mouths like uh we, we like james is talking about here where there's cursing along with the praise it should grab our attention that's not who i am that's not who christ has remade me into right i'm a i'm a fresh water spring where is that salt water coming from out of my mouth right now Sometimes, even though we've been made into a new creation in Christ, we've been given a new heart, we've been filled up with his living water, we walk in our flesh instead of the Spirit. And as we walk in our flesh independently from Christ and in our own power and strength, then we get fleshly words that come out of our mouths that are directed at ourselves and that are directed at other people that destroy but James is saying that shouldn't be because that's not who you are anymore, right? And when you renew your mind to the truth and you know who you are, then you can recognize those words that are coming out to go, oh, wait a minute, that's inconsistent with who I am and who Jesus has now made me into. I need to allow him 
to speak his words in me and through me to bring life to myself or allow me to experience the life that I have and to also bring that life to others. I mean, it is so life-giving to declare who God is and to sing his praises. I mean, isn't it? I mean, don't you just feel that when we're singing together as his church body and declaring, you know, these, these truths and we're singing about these things and we're, we're clapping after we're done, not because the, the band made some great performance up here, but because we're in agreement with what we just sang about being true in our lives and how blessed we are. It's producing life. We're experiencing this life that we have in Christ by being reminded through the words that we're singing about in those moments so life-giving to declare who we are in Christ to, to use that kind of self-talk with ourselves now, I think this is something that a lot of us really miss out on and neglect in me and my own life I'm recognizing it more and more that the outward behaviors and the things that I'm doing in my life are influenced by the way that I speak to myself the way that I allow Jesus to either speak to myself or I'm walking in my flesh. Now, I have this little bookmark. Many of you have uh, one of these too. It was given to me by uh, Bill Loveless who runs Christ as Life Ministries and I keep it with me and, and every now and then I, I pull it out and I just begin to read you know, what's on it because they're all scripture. It's, it's got scripture lined up on one side of it and it's the identity statements that's found in each one of these passages of scripture and so it says in christ i am righteous and holy in christ i am unconditional uh, unconditionally loved and loving i'm confident i'm fearless i'm adequate i'm worthy i'm humble i'm free i'm more than a conqueror i'm accepted and acceptable i am forgiven and i am a forgiving person in christ i am strong i am complete i am compassionate kind and patient i'm secure i'm a saint i'm sacrificial i am others focused i am joyful peaceful patient kind good faithful and gentle i'm a joint heir with christ i am in possession of the mind of christ i am god's word workmanship in Christ created in him to do his work I'm a child of God I'm a son of God I am Christ's friend I am chosen by God holy and dearly loved I am a chosen race a royal priesthood I'm part of a true vine a channel a branch of his life I am joined to the Lord and am one with him in spirit and I am an expression of the life of Christ because he is my life yeah That is the kind of self-talk that we need in our lives because they line up with the truth of Scripture and who we really are in Him so that now we can go out and walk out who we are as we live in faith and dependence on Him because we've renewed our minds to the truth rather than listening to the negative self-talk that Satan influences with and that our flesh sometimes produces. And then when we're saying those kind of things to ourselves, it's what frees us up to then speak life to other people. I really believe that a lot of the, the stuff that we're speaking to other people comes from the negative fleshly self-talk that's directed at us. Again, because we're tied up to having to then unload on other people to try to knock them down in order to what? Build us back 
up because of how much we've been beating ourselves up through that time. Our words can have a powerful impact, not just on ourselves, but of course other people as well. As a matter of fact, if I asked, well, I'll just do it right now. If you guys would just think for a few seconds, I guarantee you that you would have someone that almost instantaneously comes to mind that have spoken words of life to you that have influenced you in the course and the direction of your life. That maybe you even are where you are today and doing what it is that you're doing because of what a coach or a teacher or a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle or a mentor or a boss or someone spoke into you. I'll never forget, I'd spent a year transitioning between youth ministry and a lead pastor role and was in this mentoring program with this lead pastor who I really respected and had been really successful. And I, at that time and, and still from time to time, uh, there's a lot of negative self-talk. There's a lot of negative comparing myself and I don't really match up. I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't even know if I can do this thing. Well, I end up getting my first lead pastor position and he had written me a note and put it in an envelope and said, do not open until your first day on the job and you're sitting at your desk in your office on that first day. And I'm walking into this job second-guessing myself, wondering if I have what it is, what it is that it's going to take to be able to lead these people and stand up and teach from God's Word and, and all that comes with being in the lead pastor role. And I, I opened up the envelope and I read the little index card that he had taken out and written uh, a note of encouragement to me on. And he said, Jason, when you begin to doubt what it is in your ability to do what God's called you to do. Don't ever forget that God reached down into the sea of humanity and out of the sea of humanity, he chose you to lead these people. So go lead these people, right? All of a sudden, you know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm sitting up in my chair a little bit straighter. You know, I'm sticking my chest out a little bit more, not because of me, but because I know that God is the one who called me out for this particular role and that he's the one who equips and enables and empowers those that he calls to be in those roles. And so let's go do this, right? Those words spoke life to me. I've gone back to those words over and over and I guarantee you that you can think of someone that has spoken those kind of words and that life into you and shaped you. Now think about how Jesus might want to use you to speak those same words of life into other people because of that kind of a powerful impact that they can have on them. You never know what Jesus is wanting to do in and through your words. So this book of James, again, is all about faith and action. And, and James shows us here that one of the ways faith takes action is through our words. They have the power to direct our lives. They have the power to destroy our own lives and the lives of others. But they also have the power to bring life, allow us to experience the life we have in Christ and bring life and allow other people to experience the life of Christ through us as well. And so Adults, teenagers in the room, 
what is Jesus saying to you about your speech today? About the words that you're saying to yourself or the words that you're saying to other people? Is, is he bringing to mind right now the way that you're constantly involved in negative self-talk, constantly comparing yourselves to others? Is he wanting to use this to grab a hold of your attention to be directed to him to your identity in Christ to who he is and learn to begin to speak those truths into your lives to be able to direct and to be able to experience the life that he has given you and wants to express through you is he getting your attention about the words that you're speaking to your spouse and how those words are often used to destroy your spouse. He getting your attention about the way that you're using your words to destroy your kids' lives, to destroy your coworkers' lives, your other friends' lives, and how much they hurt, how much they've been impacting them. So wanting to channel that and now use it to move you in a new direction to where you're speaking life to your spouse. You're speaking life to your kids or your grandkids. You're speaking life to your coworkers or your employees. Teenagers, what's he saying to you about the words you use on social media? The words that you're saying to other people on social media. Adults, what's he saying to you about the words you're using on social media. The words that you're using to destroy the other people who look differently from you, who think differently from you, who are on the other side of the political aisle from you. Jesus has something to say to us about the words that we are speaking to ourselves or to other people and the way that he wants to express life through us to be able to impact the direction that he's moving us and to be able to pour that life and blessing out into others. Whatever it is that he's saying to you about your words and your speech this morning, I hope that you're listening to what he's saying and that you'll respond by making yourself available to move you in his ways and what he's wanting to do in this area of your life today.